it's like God's like stop caring about how much you do you know like all these things like it really doesn't matter what the scale says but you know what really matters every single thing your heart thinks mm -hmm. at first it seems easier but it's actually way harder yeah it's <laughs> like um rich person put all their money in the offering and the poor woman just gave everything she had right you are listening to this life we live in the body a podcast about the gospel and weight loss we talk about things that the gospel teaches us about weight loss and things that weight loss teaches us about the gospel i'm becky watson i'm here with two of my sisters in person i'm here with katie morgan how are you good how are you becky good good and through the magic of zoom i'm here with my sister sarah dubois how are you sarah pretty good today I wonder if we're fooling anyone. Like, did they just assume like I just walked in here and we started recording right away? And yeah. How are you? <laughs> yeah. I have not been talking to you for the last 10, 20 minutes at all. We're just that's sure that's been right total, it's totally fake. That, that's the fakest part of the podcast. It is. Maybe we should just like dive in. Maybe say, well, yeah. I don't know how else to introduce. <laughs> yeah, asking yeah. how we, are. we have to introduce our voices if someone oh, doesn't know. Yeah. Sure. It's Katie, who is pointing out the flaw. <laughs> Critical Katie, we call her. Hey, sometimes. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> no, but we do call you bossy, Becky. No, we should. We should. We didn't already. <laughs> anyway, let's start with stats. About I will stats. go first. My name is Katie. I am 33 years old. I am five foot six and a half. Uh, I was 129.8, I think, today. So in my target, that's where I'm at. So trying to maintain, and it's maintaining well i have one more week of physical therapy for my multiple sclerosis and how to walk and i got complimented once today that i was walking very well through a soccer field so that's a big deal uneven ground look at me go look at me go <laughs> grass involved in everything i know i know that's me sarah, sarah. all right i am sarah i am 33 years old is that what we decided and i am 31 weeks pregnant and 148 pounds right now so that's my status That's pretty update. Pretty good. I would be pleased with that number at this far in my pregnancy. I would be pleased with that number right now, <laughs> not pregnant myself. I'm pretty happy with the number. I think I'm I'm okay on my goal so far, but we'll see. Good, good. good. Praise God. I'm dragging my feet because I had a really bad week for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm Becky. I'm 35. I'll be 36 next month. Yeah, you will. Oh my goodness. And, and your tenure. Did you, no, you had you had tenure. Yeah, we celebrated our tenth anniversary last week. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was not why it was bad. Those, that's a good one that we celebrated ten anniversary, ten year anniversary. That was a good thing, okay. not a bad thing. Uh, I was sick. I'm at I'm be thirty six next month. I am five five and a half, and I weighed two nineteen point six this morning. Okay, so that's up two, three pounds than last week. Okay. So you know what, Becky, God is never going to forgive you for that. Come on. It's totally okay. I know he forgives you. It's fine. I know, you know, he's grace. He, he gives grace. Work. You, you know what you did wrong. You know what to do. Do Yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I did wrong. You I know what you did wrong. wrong. Yep. Yuck. It stinks that you did it wrong. Yeah. Yippee. We don't need to wallow in our mud. We can. Right be showered in God's grace and pick up and move on. Yeah. And here's the thing. We go through different stages in life. Just because you're sick one week doesn't mean you have to continue to lose weight that week. Sometimes 
you're just too busy, you're too sick, you're something else. And life changes a little bit. And then you roll with the punches because that's, that's what it is. Sometimes it doesn't even involve sin when you gain a couple of pounds. I mean, that's normal. That's normal to have fluctuations. Fluctuations and the parts that aren't, that are really our sin are under the blood. And this is just something that's been coming up in a couple of different like areas in my life is just recognizing that guilt ultimately never helps anyone change for the better and never does Mm-mm. only grace helps people change for the better. So it's tempting to get discouraged, especially since this isn't like just one week of not losing weight, you know, we've been stuck around this number for a long time, but that's where I'm at right now. Mm. It's just an incredibly, it was a hard week for my family. A lot of us were sick, busy, mm-hmm. our dryer's broken. I had like really busy work week, you know, my daughter was sick home one one day, Eric was really busy. So it's like, it feels impossible right now. It just feels chaotic and out of control, but it's not that either. It's not because God's in control and it's not chaotic. (laughs) So Katie, I need you to tell me the gospel. Okie dokes. Good transition, Becky. (laughs) Thank you. We're adults here. So I was thinking about what I was going to share for the gospel on the way here. And I kind of, nothing was, I was trying to like think of Bible stories that we hadn't done and nothing was really sparking my interest, you know? So but I was thinking about my, my son, I have a, a, a six-year-old little boy and about two years ago is when he accepted Christ into his heart. It was a very a beautiful moment. He was, he was really rotten of a child at four, um, four and a half. It was, I was very pregnant with our baby girl. And we had just moved the two boys into the same room and like, we couldn't keep them in bed and like Owen would just like freak out and throw these huge tantrums. And, um, I just spent a lot of that month crying because I just was, I was so incapable physically to do anything to him. Cause I was so pregnant. Plus my MS, I was just kind of like a hot mess. I was a little hot mess. So I did a lot of crying and, you know, Joel came home and Owen was doing this really weird freaking out about something weird. I can't remember, but something around bedtime. I just remember it being dark and understanding in the moment, like, oh my word, there is a a battle for his soul that is going on right now. So I couldn't see what Joel and Owen were doing, but Joel said he was holding him tight, like in a, just trying to get him to calm out and try to get him from freaking out. And he started to calm down and I heard Owen pray a sinner's prayer, you know, uh, of a four and a half year old admitting he was a sinner and realizing he needed Jesus and that understanding that Jesus died for his sins. And, you know, and he was crying through it, not crying um, because he was in trouble. You know, I know what that sounds like and not crying because he was scared, but like it was a remorseful cry. He understood his sin. And there was a great change in this little boy's life at that moment. So now he's six, you know, he's still, still working on his sanctification, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I really, I am a strong believer that you can tell when a kid has accepted oh, Jesus, yeah. I think so. but it's not a behavioral change because behavioral it's behavior is comes from maturity, parenting, sure. uh, spiritual fruit, but what does change is it starts in the inside, yeah. right? Like, so they have, like you said, remorse for sin and a desire to please God. Mm-hmm. That is something that changes on yes, the inside. Yes. It doesn't immediately 
you don't immediately because the change is from the inside out you don't have that immediate change yeah. on the outside but it does it does it does change the game right mm-hmm. in my parenting okay owen when we do this this is not loving jesus when you hit your brother or whatever so um lately he's been kind of doing this thing which is so it's an interesting thing to me given that history of him and it happens especially when he's very tired and in general i understand when we're tired we we get emotional and we're not thinking logically and so owen does this very often when he's tired he gets so like we'll be doing something else I'm like owen get into bed and then he won't get into bed i'm like owen get into bed and then you know, maybe he'll get a punishment of something. And then he gets stuck on this cycle of, I am so, and he says these things, I'm so naughty. I'm such a, I'm such a naughty boy. I'm so naughty and just keeps on spiraling down. I'm never going to get better. I pray all the time for God to help me be a good boy and I can't get better. And he just does this like cycle. So Owen loves to stay in this state, especially when he's tired of I've lost it all. I've lost mm-hmm. it all. I've lost it all. Lost it all. Lost it all. Yeah. Yuck. I, you know, yuck. I hate my sin. Yeah. I'm a sinner and I hate it. And he just sits there and he sits there and he wallows and wallows and wallows. And it's so it's hard because, you know, I'm tired too. We're trying to pulling him out of, yeah, you are a sinner. Yeah. You do suck as a person. No one, <laughs> I don't recommend saying that <laughs> as a parent, but trying to get him to pull out of it and realize but Jesus has saved you. You do get it all. And you are changing. I've seen spiritual growth in you. I've seen spiritual fruit in you. You do get it all. We don't need to sit in this sin, mm-hmm. but we, we move on. I'm, I'm so happy though, that he's understanding, wow, I've lost it all, mm-hmm. but it's just getting him to move to that. But we get it all. But he needs the good news. He needs the, the good news of the like gospel. We all do. Like we all do. So back to uh, our other thing that we've been saying is, yeah, you did sin. You did. Yuck. It's mm. disgusting that you sinned. And it's yucky that we did that. Yippee. We get to move on. Jesus has forgiven us of that sin that we just did. And, you know, and our future sins too. And we can rejoice in him that we get to be forgiven and we get to get it all with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking about when we say you lost it all the opposite of that is having pride mm-hmm. and thinking that you aren't a sinner mm-hmm. right so you need to admit your sinner secondly jesus did it all and the opposite is that we think we need to earn it right sure. so we think yeah. we're if he were i am a good boy now, yeah. you know or i can do it and then that last step we get it all the opposite of that is when we say well jesus saved me anyway i don't have to do anything mm-hmm. and we need to recognize that we get it all so we can get going and yeah. do the right thing. Yeah. We yeah. can move on. Yeah. You know, I think uh, that that just became clearer to me this week. So in that way, Owen needs to move to Jesus did it all for you. Yes. And then after that, he needs to move to now you get to obey it. your parents yeah, and you get it. to live in the freedom mm-hmm. from your own sinful right. desires. Yeah, exactly. Another little small story about Owen is he had lied to um, my husband and I about something very small, but he had lied to him about it. And then the next day he was real rotten, like unusually rotten. And then he kind of started to slowly confess. And then he confessed about his sin. And then he was so free from it. And he mm-hmm. turned into a very, very sweet boy. And so we've been able to talk mm-hmm. through that of like, yeah, when you confess your sins, you get to live freely. And now you can feel so good right. about these things because the guilt of his sin of lying was weighing on his heart. Right. And it, and that guilt never changes for the better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. there's another example of that. 
So that's my uh, gospel in an Owen nutshell. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's important to remember too what Jesus did. He lived the perfect life that we could not, and died on the cross, a sinner's death for our for for our sins, not his sins. He was perfect. So what he did is he paid the 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 punishment. He paid the debt of our sin. Mm-hmm. So exactly, yeah, yes. good point. Good emphasis. So with that in mind, uh, let's move on to our, our study for today. We've been talking about the armor of God, and we've talked about the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. And today we're going to talk about the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And we're going to ask those four questions. What is it? How do we put it on? why does it help us or how does it help us? And then rubber meets the road. What, how can we apply this to our weight loss journey? And so let's dive into that. But before we do, let me just remind you that this is his mighty power, his armor, right? Like this is not something we do, right? This is the gospel. I think, I feel like we say it a lot, but can't say it too much. So what did you guys come up with when you came, when faced with the question, what is this readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I had two things that it reminded me of. The first one is the idea of putting on shoes because they're the shoes of readiness that carry the gospel of peace. And the idea that for whatever reason, it reminds me of like a messenger. So soldiers weren't just the people that fought in battles. They also carried a message of um, the king or whoever they were representing, whether it was by force or by actual verbal communication, but they're messengers. And I think that's a good reminder to us that we are messengers. We are the messengers of God. That reminds us of Isaiah 52, seven, in which the prophet says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, Mm. proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to to Zion, your God reigns. And this is another example of Jesus being the one described wearing the beautiful shoes mm-hmm. or the shoes that bring good news. So you're right. Like the reason the feet are beautiful is because the soldiers would see it and they could tell by the way they were running, or maybe they had an inkling of what the news was going to be. And it just, the messenger itself was so beautiful because they knew that the news was good. Right. So um, how beautiful Jesus is to us because we know of the message he's going, he's bringing to us. He's proclaiming um, salvation to us. Right. I think it's also a reminder that we need to equip ourselves with the message, but we also need to share it with others. We are the messengers. We're sharing the message with others. Our battle, our armor is not to fight against people, but the devil and Our shoes are preparing us to deliver the gospel, the good news to those around us, the people around us. We're not fighting them. We're, we're, we want to present them with the gospel of peace. Uh, First Peter 315, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You know, we need to be the messengers of the gospel. Yeah. And be and so the preparedness helps the message. The message helps the preparedness is yes. what yeah. you're pointing out there and the go. Yeah. I think that what we're talking around, I just want to say it outright is that evangelism is a big part of this. I yeah. think you can't deny that, that there's a, a thing about spreading the message of the gospel 
that makes us ready. And there's a requirement for us to be ready in order for us to spread the message of the gospel. The other passage that you had, Sarah. I have a couple passages that it reminded me of talking about the the shoes of readiness really reminds me of all the different parables that Jesus taught on about being prepared and being ready for the Christ to come for the end to come and for the gospel is like the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22, where the master of the house had prepared a large wedding feast. And when he called all the people out to come, come join the feast, no one came. And so it's a good reminder to us that we need to be prepared or also the parable of the 10 virgins in Matthew 25, similarly a wedding parable, but that the virgins brought their oil and we're waiting for the bridegroom, but only five of them brought extra oil. And so when the bridegroom came, they were gone out getting more oil and they missed out because they were not prepared. They were not ready for, and there's so many other parable. I mean, I feel like there's the, the shepherd and watching for the wolf or the burglar and the master of the house that I feel like Jesus continually is calling us to be prepared. Like the gospel is something that we need to hold on to and hold tight to us continually all the time, because if we don't, we're not going to be prepared. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think there's also an aspect to it's a, it's a position or a, a stance Mm. that our heart needs to be in that Uh, the gospel helps us get to. A soldier's battle shoes were studded with nails or spikes like cleats to help him keep his balance in combat. He knew that if he lost his footing and went down, he wouldn't matter how great the rest of the armor was, the enemy had him. We are ready with the gospel of peace. We live with the understanding that we are continually under attack from Satan. 2 Timothy 4.2 says to preach the word and be ready for the season in season and out of season. So mm-hmm. it is, it's standing firm and being able and being ready to go. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think that when we, when we talk about standing firm, I, it's more than being ready to evangelize. That's part of it that comes out of it. But I think it's more of like having the gospel, being so saturated in the gospel, meditating on it enough, being marinated in it enough that you can be not denying any of those three things. So like we were saying with the gospel presentation, if you are truly believing that you lost it all, then you're not going to be in the position of pride. You're, you're not going to be late, leaning back with your arms crossed. You're going to be, you know, looking forward, recognizing that you definitely have the propensity to fall because you have lost it all. And then if you are recognizing and internalizing the fact that Jesus did it all, then whatever accusation Satan and throws at you, you're ready for it. You're like, you can do the yep, yuck, yippee quickly, right? Because you know. And then that last one, when you recognize that we get it all, you will not remain wallowing in your guilt and your shame and your discouragement. You'll say, I'm sorry uh, if for the things I've done in the past, I have to keep going forward because mm-hmm. I've been given every spiritual blessing yep. in Christ. Yep. So it's like this, this stance, it's this readiness of looking at all of your life, your worldview, looking at all of your decisions through the lens of the gospel so that you're like able to quickly say, 
this is true. I'm going to believe it. This is not true. I'm not going to believe it. You know, like just being quick about that because you, you are, you're in the gospel. You're ready for it. It's an active stance. Yes. Right. I mean, when I, when I talk to kids, I kind of give them the picture of a, of a football lineman, you know, Mm -hmm. getting ready to, to crouch, but it's important that we recognize that remember it's, we're not the ones that do the work, right? We are not up there about to fight Satan by ourselves. It's, it's, we're just basically recognizing, oh yeah, Jesus is in control. Oh yeah. Jesus has got this, you know, like the football stance, you're ready to go at the, at the moment of whenever the play starts or whatever. But like, even if you just read through Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, so we stand against the schemes of the devil. We withstand in the evil day. We stand firm. We stand, therefore, we put on. I mean, like, these are all very active verbs that we're doing. We're standing and we're putting on and we're standing firm. We're not passively standing around. Ca- I mean, it's not a casual standing. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a prepared right. stance. Right. So I, I love the, the ideas that we're talking about, about, like, what what it is right mm-hmm. how do let's move to the next question how do you do it how do you get into that stance how do you put on those shoes you got to know the gospel you got to like we talked about last week it's got to be a heart knowledge a heart value for it to be effective as shoes mm-hmm Right. It's got to be what you think about all the time. It's got to be what you're putting into your mind all the time. You know, you can't, you can't put on your gospel of peace shoes and never open your Bible. You can't mm-hmm. put on your gospel of peace shoes. If you're never getting on your knees to pray, you can't put on your gospel of peace shoes. If you're not spending time to worship God. Yeah. You've got to have those. You've got to do. Oh, maybe not. You don't got to do those actions, but you got to, here's the thing. We need the grace of God to do the right things. And so how do we get more grace? What are the means of grace? And and there's a couple. There's abiding in Christ. There's communion with the saints. There is, James says, God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. So it's, it's just the Sunday school answers go to church, read your Bible and pray. And it's not so much the doing that does it. It's the means by which we receive the grace to bear the fruit of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to want it, which is a grace, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, so getting in the, in the, just recognizing that the, that's the thing that we need most is how we get it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So when we have if we have fruit that is showing that we're not ready, we're having, you know, we are that, like Sarah was saying, if we're not in that active stance and we're just being passive or we're letting life happen to us, or we're filled with worry or we're filled with depression or we're filled with all these things. You're like, this is not fruitful. What do I do? Then you just have to say, God, I need you to change me. Yes. You know, like I, you know, like, what do you need me to do? And he's like, well, you haven't talked to me in a while. Why don't you tell me what's going on in your life? God, I want to hear more for you. Well, I wrote you a whole Bible. So why don't you read some of that? See if that helps. I mean, I just think that it's too much emphasis is put on all the things that we can do except for read your Bible and pray. Not enough emphasis put on that. That really is where the battle 
starts. Well, and I feel like what Katie is trying to get at is what James says in James 2 and 17. So also faith by itself, if does not have works, is dead. I mean, our works show our faith. If we love God, we will want to pray and spend time with him and just be immersed in the gospel. It's, it's less a doing and more of a heart posture of this is what I desire and this is what I want in my life. It's not a checklist. It's a, it's a desire. Right. I love that phrase heart posture because you could, it just really clarifies what we're talking about here. It's not that you have to be perfect in praying. It's not that you have to be perfect in reading your Bible a certain amount of time, certain many chapters every day. It has nothing to do with that. It's what does your heart want? Mm-hmm. Which also throws it back to though, that's something that God has to do for you. Right. So you just have to ask for it and thank him for it when he does it. Yeah. Going back to Owen, when he starts going down that, that downward spiral, it's his, his heart doesn't want to go to bed and submit to what he needs mm-hmm. to do. You know, he doesn't so, want to obey the thing that God has put right, right in, in front, front of him, him of go get in your bed and lay down. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he, Sometimes that's what God needs, wants us to do too. Yeah. Um, take a nap back. I know there was a time a couple of weeks ago where I had a lot of work. It was like 11 o'clock and I had a lot of work left to do. And I was really stressed out. And I was like, I think I maybe I'll go get a snack and then, you know, then I'll get the rest of my work done. And I, and the Holy spirit prompted me, this is stress eating, Becky. This is not, you're not hungry. You're just stress eating. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do then? Because I'm really, really stressed. <laughs> I'm like, I need the stress relief. And I remember how we talked about how Jesus went by himself and prayed when he was stressed. So I did that. I opened up my Bible. I read it. And I just sat quietly and I prayed at 11. And God said, Becky, go to bed. It's too late. You can't work anymore. You're too tired. Does this stuff really need to get done tonight? And I'm like, no, you're right. What am I doing? Why am I awake? You know? So I went to bed and it was the right thing to do, you know? So, so often we're putting, oh, this is so hard. I can't do it. And like, God's like, how about you take the rest? I want you to take right in front of you. Just like, can you seek me first and trust me to do the right thing, mm-hmm. uh, to do the to be a good father to you, to take care of you, to offer you blessing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's where the dichotomy, I mean, I just think that because maybe you and I, maybe Sarah too, I don't know, Sarah, if you feel this way or not, but we're like recovering Pharisees and that we were kind of speak for yourself. I I know. I just feel like the teaching I grew up with was kind of moralistic, you know, like you had, you know, work harder, do hard, try harder, um, do more. If you have a problem, it's because you're not doing enough. Honestly, I really feel that was, (laughs) oh, it was taught not by our parents so much, but like by church and stuff. And then like, it was, as an adult, I'm like, wait a minute, this is not the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm stressed out and burnt out all the time is I'm trying to do all these things. And God's like, can you just seek me first? You know, yeah. like, can we work on our relationship before you do your plan? And so, so it's like, we have to constantly stop ourselves and be like, are we trying to do something for the sake of doing it? Are we trying to, you know, work out our faith? Like the verse that Sarah read, yeah. you know? Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Sarah? Do you feel that way or are we crazy? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm just over-motivated and I feel like I need to do everything. Sometimes I'm trying to like prove myself or my worth. 
when you do come to the Bible and you read them out of love for him and in recognizing his love for you, then you will get more out of it. And you will, you know, like it, it, it's, it does matter. Like, it's like, God's like, stop caring about how much you do, you know, like all these things, you know, like, it really doesn't matter what the scale says, but you know, what really matters every single thing your heart thinks mm-hmm. at first, it seems easier, but it's actually way harder. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, rich person put all their money in the offering and the poor woman just gave everything she had. Right. That's all he mm-hmm. wants. He just, I he doesn't really have. care about the amount. He no. cares about the heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so when we, when we have the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, we need to recognize that that readiness comes from that gospel love in which we don't have to do it all. We just have to give him everything, you know, and it, and, and surprisingly, it feels like rest. It feels like freedom mm-hmm. because the alternative is a slavery to our own desires and to sin and to utter defeat all the time. So that's how you put it on say, why does it work? Why does the readiness, why does knowing and being marinated in the gospel make you more ready? Why does it help? Or why does the readiness help? I think it it resets your values, kind of it resets your mission. What is the point of this, my life here on earth? Mm -hmm. The gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people think when, when I tell them the gospel. That's on, that's on Jesus. He can handle it. It definitely handles whatever comes up in your life. Yeah. Blessing, curse. I, I can handle it. No matter what, you know, like if, if my husband dies, my children die, if I get a cancer diagnosis, if my husband gets a promotion at work, if we buy a new house, if we get a million dollars in the mail, whatever happens, good or bad. How many of those things were true in your scenario? Um, none of them so far, <laughs> right? I don't think so. <laughs> but the, the point is, no matter what happens, yeah. my the thing I built my life around, my identity, stable. Right. Nothing's right. going to touch it. Right. Those arrows are coming at you. Yeah. Ready. I think also we want to throw in there, are you ready for tem- when, tem- when temptation comes? <laughs> To make the right decision. Yeah. Why, why are you more ready? Can you give us like an example or like a story? Okay. Kind of sort of. Uh, so I was listening to the first half of a Tim Keller's sermon. <laughs> I didn't get to finish it yet, but it was on uh, Jesus's temptation. Right. And so uh, Jesus is perfect. He's going to make all the right decisions. And it's interesting that the temptations that Jesus receives are different than the temptations that we receive. And I think that in our circles, uh, if you are tempted, that is already a sin. I feel like we feel that often. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the temptation is going to happen. Jesus was tempted. It happens to everyone, but it is. And Tim Keller was talking about, it's like a highway and like the temptation is an exit and if exit ramp, and if you get off the exit ramp, you've already made the decision to do wrong. So when you have the gospel of peace shoes on, you're not going down that exit because then it's already too late. So it's this being aware of, oh, that's a temptation, right? I'm going to stay on the road, actively stay on the right road and right. not get off and get sidetracked. It's like you have directions and you're following the directions rather than letting yourself get distracted. If the Holy Spirit says, this is stress eating, you don't go down the road of 
is it really, do I like, could I justify it? What if I only do, you know, part of it or whatever, instead of saying, no, this is, this is not what something I'm going to do because you have the readiness that comes from the gospel. What do you think, Sarah? Why does readiness help us fight sin? I think it gives us a clear perspective on what is good for us. It's easy to say some things are good for us. Like, is it smart for me to go to the gym today? You have that perspective of being able to balance what is right and what is wrong, um, knowing what your life looks like by filtering it through the gospel. What does the gospel say? What does God say about what, what making this decision? It makes the little decisions easy, but it also makes the really hard decisions easier too, because you know, you don't have to do it on your own. You know, that you have a God you can pray to, you know, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life, whether you choose the right direction or not, ultimately, he still has a plan and a purpose in your life. And it can give you confidence in your life in general too. Yeah. It calibrates your values and it reminds you that you have the freedom to try stuff, right? It's okay to fail because, you know, like it's not all about what we do anyway. We just have to seek him first. I think that the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace helps us fight sin because it helps us fight shame and guilt, which lead us astray. And it helps us fight pride and um, self-indulgence, which leads us to sin. You know, it's like it balances those, or it's, those are two, feel like two different extremes, but they end up being both self, self-idolatry, but the, but we need the gospel. We're like, no, none of those things seek me first. And then all these things will be added to you. All right. I can't think, I kind of feel like we touched on it, but is there any practical rubber meets the road weight loss stuff that the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace touches on or reminds you of? I have one, but okay. uh, I want you to be prepared with the gospel of peace shoes. If it's not right. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. So I have uh, a stance. You got your stance. She's, she's standing in an aggressive stance. <laughs> if you want to lose weight, you kind of need to be proactive about it. You can't continue in the pattern that you're doing right now. Uh-huh. Cause if you're not losing weight right now, something's not right. Well, it depends on, well, I mean, like you're where you're at, like right. you yeah. shouldn't be losing weight. Right. right. Now. Well, if you, if I want to lose weight, if I wanted to yeah. get down to my lowest number, I've achieved 127, which is two, three pounds. I would have to change something from my life right now. Cause yeah. I am maintaining. Mm-hmm. So how this applies is that you can't, I can't not do anything. Mm -hmm. I can't sit on my couch and be like, why am I not losing weight? Right. 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 Or if I keep eating the same amount of calories I'm doing right now, why am I not losing? Because you're eating the same amount of calories. You do have to do, you can't deny the part of the gospel that says we get it all, which means you do have power over yourself or God has power over you, of your desires and the things that stop you from losing weight, the things that make you eat more than you should. So you have freedom from that. So if you are wearing the shoes, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, then you you are stepping up to the plate and say, I'm making a change here. I'm not going to let this rule over me. Because when you do that and you pray, God, help me know when I'm eating too much. He lets you know. 
And I hear it all the time and it's annoying because it's quiet and I don't want to listen, Uh but he says that's enough all the time, all the time. Yeah. So I think that gospel peace shoes help you hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think it's, no, I think it's, it's fine. I don't think it's like the, it's a application. (laughs) I will accept that. Katie gave a application. (laughs) Do you have B applications, Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) that's not what I meant but um I think that a more primary application perhaps I'm willing to hear if I was wrong is focus on the gospel more yeah and then God brings forth the changes he wants to bring yes yes that is Uh, also true uh more true and he might have the change of specifically you need to be eating less Mm -hmm. but some people maybe are at a good weight and he's like i need you to stop focusing on that yeah but what you said about god telling you you're eating too much is definitely true and no one should overeat regardless of weight what weight they are like to overindulge for this for your own for your own comfort your own pleasure or whatever is wrong and that's always a sin when it comes to what are we supposed to do what we're supposed to do is focus on the gospel and and let it change all of us, mm-hmm. right? Like let it change all of our behavior, how we treat other people, how we use our phones, how we think about our bodies and our, and our food, how we take care of our homes, how we work with our coworkers, how, yeah. you know, how we answer our emails. Like, it's just like everything great and small needs to come into, and it's just an impossible task. It would be so hard if it weren't for the fact that God is doing it in us. And he's like, I'm going to bring you into this place of readiness so that whatever comes up, you're like, gospel that, gospel this, gospel that. <laughs> so. Uh, do you remember in the movie Megamind where he has to apologize to his minion and he is too prideful and he goes, you were, you were right. I was less right. <laughs> That's what I have for your Becky's better application. You were right. I was less right. <laughs> I think it's two levels, right? Like you need the gospel first yeah. before you can, you know, fight the sin. Right. But also, but, but I need that advice too. Yeah. Katie also is speaking truth into my life personally, right? So that's, that's a different, you know, I need to hear something different than everybody needs to hear too, maybe. Mm-hmm. So enough of that. Let's move on. Sarah, will you close this part in prayer? Yes, I will. Dear Jesus, thank you for this opportunity for the three of us to get together today and really look at what it means to have the readiness that the gospel of peace supplies to us. I pray that you saturate us with the gospel this week and you remind us of it continually so that we might know you, that we might love you more, and that our listeners might know you and love you more and remember you every moment of every day help us to meditate on your word and pray to you continually and worship you wholeheartedly so that we might be ready for whatever comes against us whatever sin tempts us whatever heart issue comes up against us and tries to tear us down i pray that you prepare us for what life throws at us with your gospel and your truth and we thank you for this opportunity to spend time together and to read together 
and to pray together. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's do a little check-in on our Bible verse. Have you learned the next verse yet? I don't know if it's the next verse, but I think it's the next sentence. How much have we done so far? Uh, last week was just verse 10. And then I was thinking just verse 11 today. Okay, go ahead, Katie. Okay, so I'm starting in the verse 10. Okay. Uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stance against the devil's schemes. Okay, now I have, and maybe you have a different version. I have finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. What did I say? His power? The power of his, his might or something like that. Oh, I might have said it wrong. Okay. But my eyes were closed during that whole time. You did. I I am a witness. All right, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to see it. Okay. Wait, can you do the motions and not watch while I take a video of you doing it? Okay. I, I, I put it in the newsletter for this one. Oh, you did? Yeah. The verse first. Okay. Well, I'm going to still take your vid. Okay. Ready? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can <laughs> take your stand. You like stomp your feet against the devil's <laughs> schemes. Can you say, can you do yours, sir? Okay. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. No, the strength of his might. Strength of his might. You have a different version than me, so that makes it even harder. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. Good job, Sarah. All right. Next week is a long verse. So let's just do half of it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. And we'll just stop there. Okay. Okay. Little... Verse memory pro tip I learned from my dad is you write the first letter of each word on a sticky note and put it on your driver's or you your steering wheel. Instagram on the steering wheel. So I have that. I do it with the hand motions. <laughs> Which you did very well. <laughs> so I just want to remind everyone to please sign up for our Substack. I'm really excited about this. I'm enjoying writing the newsletters. I try to make them fun as well as um, useful. Uh, helps us, helps me think through the podcast, helps me internalize it myself. And I hope that it would help others. So to do that, you just go, you can read them without signing up by going to this life we live in the body.substack.com. But you can also sign up with your email address and then have the newsletters delivered to your inbox on Mondays and then the actual episode um, delivered to your inbox on Fridays or Saturdays, depending on (laughs) where Becky is at in her life. (laughs) Uh, um, But we are also trying to keep Instagram and Facebook up. And if this podcast was edited like super well and it sounded really good, that is all Sarah because we gave her quite the mess to work with today. She edited it very well. Thank you, Sarah. I'm assuming hasn't been done yet but i'm assuming it went really well if you feel that i'm like really emotionally supported like if i just feel like i just sound like i have tons of support that's katie i am the president of your emotional support team really all of ours would you say she's your emotional support team too sarah yeah i i'm more of a a butt kicker to sarah you should ask her to be your emotional support it's much better more of a butt kicker to Sarah emotional support to Becky and that's what you are to me too though is that's what emotional support is like it's a butt kicker maybe. sometimes we need that sometimes we need a listening ear yeah maybe sometimes we need you to say that you know this is true and not true I feel like I'm hard on Sarah I feel like you're hard on me so I think okay that's just- good good I'm good <laughs>
<laughs> and the beautiful bumper music, which hopefully is playing at this point because we're almost done with the podcast. You're cute to stop listening. <laughs> is our little brother, David. I am Becky and the boss of all y'all. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of your faith. You are beautiful, darling. There is no flaw in you. Remember who you are.